Welcome to our Performance Matters podcast series. This is Con Godfredson, and today we'll be focusing on Methodology Matters. In this podcast, I'm going to answer a series of questions from our good friends at TTC Innovations and their extended team members who they support and with their custom learning solutions and innovators on demand. So thank you, TTC, for inviting me to do this. I have a, a series of questions from our friends at TTC Innovations that I'm going to answer today. The first question that they've asked that I address is this. What is broken with traditional learning and how do we fix it? Well, it's kind of uh, important for us to look and to see ourselves with where we really are. And unfortunately, in traditional learning, the focus is on learning instead of on performance, on making sure that people can perform effectively on the job all the time, anywhere. The mindset in learning is is really quite narrow. Many years ago, 1984 actually, I uh, became very much aware that there were five moments of learning need. Two of those are traditional learning moments, the moment of learning new and the moment of learning more. But I also became convinced that there was a very important moment that if you don't take care of it, everything that you do in learning new or learning more is moot. And that's the moment of apply, when people have to take whatever it is that they've learned and perform effectively at the moment of apply. And then there is the moment of change. That's also in the workflow. And the moment of solve, also in the workflow. And those five moments of need are very important for us to address. And unfortunately, in traditional learning, we take a very narrow view and focus in on the learning without taking into consideration what needs to happen at the moments of apply, solve, and change. So what's broken? It's really our mindset where we're thinking about learning rather than performance and We are very narrow in that view of what we do. So, what does a five moments of need solution look like? Well, it is a blend of learning and performance support. The discipline of performance support is really uh, the discipline of providing just what you need at the moment of need to help you get the job done. And we've spent a lot of time working at meeting the vision of Gloria Geary in 1990. And in that period of time, in the 90s, Geary noted that we needed to do more than just focus on learning, as I've talked about here, that we need to make sure that people can perform effectively on the job. And so an EPSS is an embedded performance support solution. I'll talk about that in more detail as we move along. But a five moments of need solution assist people not only in the learning, where I learn to be independent in the workflow, but also across that learning through the transfer phase and into the sustainment phase of learning. That is, transferring what I've learned to my job and then sustaining me in an ever-changing work environment. And a five-moment solution addresses all of that as I move from training to transfer to sustain across all five moments of learning need. 
question three, how does a five moment solution deliver measurable results? You know, Gloria Geary wrote an interesting article in, in the 90s. She said, as she was being asked to report on traditional learning metrics, why don't we just weigh them? Why don't we just bring in the cattle scales and weigh our students? She understood then that most learning metrics don't really get at what really matters, which is how people can perform effectively and our ability to measure that. Well, when you build a five-moment solution, you extend your reach into the workflow. You build a performance support that is supporting people as they do their job in their flow of work. And because it's extended into there, because we have tools helping people in the performance of their jobs, we have the ability to gather metrics in ways that we haven't been able to gather metrics in the past. And so our ability to reach in and know that people are actually performing on the job, to be able to ask very brief questions about that performance and gather that data allows us to truly measure business impact, like time to effective performance or reduction of wasted time as people are searching for the resources that they need to do their job. There are really five areas of business impact that we can now measure, and those areas include our ability to measure how we're able to optimize performance in the workflow or increase profitability or reduce operational risk or cultivate a dynamic, engaged workforce or reinforce organizational mission and values. We're able to gather data in all five of these areas because we have reached into the workflow. We intentionally have solutions in the workflow supporting people as they do their jobs. Next question, what is an EPSS and how does it fit into the spectrum of things? An EPSS is an orchestrated set of technology-enabled services. That, those are Gloria Geary's words. A, an orchestrated set of technology-enabled services. Those services need to do a number of things. One, those services need to provide two-click, 10-second access to job task level support via the contextual ways in which I do my work, my workflow process or my specific job role or the timeline that I am on in doing specific work. These technology-enabled services need to support job task performance at two levels. Within two clicks, I need to be able to get to the quick steps of a task or the detailed steps of that same task. It needs to also facilitate my ability to access knowledge support. You see, real performance requires me to not only perform the steps of a task, but to understand the conceptual underpinnings that I need to understand in order to make proper judgments and be able to act with knowledge. It also needs to provide me immediate access to all of the assets, all of the resources that I need in support of that job task to support me not only as I perform that task, but also to be able to pause and to actually learn at that very moment of apply. And then all of this 
is there to enable high-level job performance. Those orchestrated solutions to enable me to perform effectively on the job with a minimum of support from other people. And so an EPSS is this technology tool. It's a digital coach. It's an EPSS that functions like a GPS. It guides you to where you need to be doing what you need to do. Question six, how do the five moments and workflow learning relate? I've just described what an EPSS is. With an EPSS or a digital coach in place to coach me on my job tasks and to provide me access to that knowledge that I need in the context of that performance and all the resources that I need to be able to perform effectively, that tool can guide me as I do my job. And that allows me to actually learn while performing. We have within our methodology the ability to assess the critical impact of failure associated with every job task. We have a a scale that we look at where we identify those tasks where the critical impact of failure is significant to catastrophic. Anytime we find a task or associated supporting knowledge that reaches that level of, of criticality, that is where it's significant to catastrophic, if you fail. Those require us stopping work and ensuring that people know how to perform those tasks, making sure that they understand that, have the understanding that they need as it relates to that supporting knowledge. But if by chance a task doesn't reach that threshold, you can fail and still recover without it being significant to catastrophic, those tasks, those skills can be pushed into the workflow. And I can learn with an EPSS guiding me as I actually do my work. And so when you build a five-moment solution, you build a solution that enables workflow learning at two levels. One is if I have taken formal learning to prepare myself to be able to perform effectively on the job, then an EPSS and performance support is in place in the workflow to help me continue to do that, to navigate across the transfer phase. And in the phase of actually performing in the workplace, I'm able to be guided and helped as I reinforce and learn in that set of skills and with that knowledge in place. But even more powerful than that is also the ability for me to actually initiate learning in the workflow. Two clicks, 10 seconds, getting to the steps, following those steps, accessing the resources that I need as I need them. As I do that, I'm learning. I'm learning by doing. I don't have to practice in some pseudo environment that somehow simulates my work, I'm in my workflow. And as I do that work, I am learning how to perform that task with access to everything that I need to know and to perform and to understand. So a five moments of need solution actually enables workflow learning at both of these areas, reinforcing my skill set that I've developed in formal learning, but also helping me learn fresh in the workflow as I do my work. Question number seven, 
what is the difference between adaptive and personalized learning? Well, personalized learning is a broader view of learning. Adaptive learning is a type of personalized learning. It's very knowledge-based, frankly. It's ad adaptive, it's smart, it pushes questions to you. As you answer those questions, you may have access to resources to help you in the answering of those questions. And as you learn adaptively, the system is able to understand and make determination of whether you've really mastered that piece of knowledge or not. And it will use its algorithms to push those questions to you over time so that you learn over time and have that reinforced. It's a very nice learning system. A lot of the gaming technologies that are in place to help us learn through gaming is really adaptive learning being applied that way. Personalized learning is broader than that. It, adaptive learning is a part of personalized learning. But if I have you learning in the workflow on tasks that only you need to know, and I have everything that you need supporting you as you do that, that in a sense is personalized learning, particularly if you have access to on-the-job coaching and association. Uh, and even in a classroom, I can have personalized learning where I turn you loose using an, a digital coach, an EPSS, to work on learning that is only personalized to you. And so personalized learning is a broader engagement in learning. It's anything that we do to make sure that you are focusing on only what is important to you in your growth and development rather than the generalized learning where I'm listening to things, I'm learning and practicing on things that I know but that the person next to me doesn't know. Next question. Number eight, when should adaptive learning be explored over more traditional learning approaches. Adaptive learning is a, a form of workflow learning. But as I mentioned to you, it is conceptual-based. It is knowledge-based for the most part. It, it, adaptive learning doesn't address directly skill development outside of its leading us up to that with the understanding that we need to have as we move into that performance. And so it's adaptive, it's a, it adjusts, it focuses on knowledge-based instruction. I'm a real proponent of it. I think that it competes in, in a very powerful way with much of what we do in the name of e-learning that isn't as adaptive and as focused. And so it's, it's a, it can really be a very smart e-learning approach as it relates to conceptual learning. Number nine. How can you measure the impact of workplace learning? Well, workflow learning, as I mentioned earlier, as people work in the flow of, of their jobs, we have the ability to push out questions as people access the support that they need to be able to do those jobs. And so that's how you measure the impact of workplace learning. You actually gather usage data See, in the world of performance support, people choose whether they use it. And so if they are using performance support, you know that it's helping them 
because they're not going to stay there accessing again and again a performance support solution that isn't helpful, that isn't making a difference. And so usage patterns become very important in measuring workplace learning using a performance support infrastructure. That's not where you have to stop. You can assess with uh, micro-polling whether or not people are actually experiencing success and getting to those points of success. And then you can triangulate uh, your understanding of that success through other measures as well. What's exciting to me is that we are finding that we can truly gather hard data about the impact of what we do because we've extended our reach into the workflow. Number 10, how can we use rapid design beyond e-learning modules? I've never viewed rapid design as only related to e-learning. Blended learning is a blend of formal learning and informal learning solutions. And so rapid design requires us to move into that iteratively. 35 years ago, realized that there wasn't enough time to do everything that needed to be done as it relates to traditional instructional design. It was then where I began a journey of working at consolidating instructional design practices, making them faster by taking one step rather than five steps to do things. The end result of that is a methodology we call ENABLE. ENABLE begins with engage to align. This is a upfront set of practices where you determine what are the challenges, what are the opportunities that our key stakeholders are trying to to meet. What would measurable business impact look like in resolving those challenges and those opportunities? How do we align this with what is important, the mission and the vision of the organization? What kinds of resources do we need in order to do this? That's all a part of Engage to Align. How do we prioritize this against other potential projects? The second part of the Enable methodology is Analyze to Design. This is where we do uh, analyze and design and actually some initial building or development all simultaneously rather than doing them separately. And so we have some very powerful rapid practices here where we map the workflow, where we assess the critical impact of failure, where we develop a learning experience and performance plan, where we also build then a proof of concept. The next phase in the enable methodology is build to implement. And this is where you build and implement iteratively based upon critical impact of failure ratings. And then we have leverage to sustain. This is where you leverage people and technology and process to continuously improve what it is that you have built to make it and to reinforce, to keep it up to date and then the evaluate for impact. This is the, the measurement, the ongoing measurement that you do to ensure that what you're doing 
really does have impact, and then to improve and optimize that impact over time. Our objective is to ensure that you can build a five moments of need solution within the same footprint of effort that we generally spend on learn new and or learn more. And we've been able to accomplish that. Question number 11, how can you capture and report performance data, financial ROI? I've talked about this just a little bit, but the capturing of that does require some technology. You know, we can measure and monitor usage patterns, but then we need to also be able to push out from that micro-polling, and we need other ways of making sure that what we're doing is really working. In all of that, what's vital is that we know what it is that we're measuring. So in our methodology, we know what the job tasks are. We have a tool where people are accessing information based upon those job tasks. We know how critical those job tasks are as it relates to the risk or the impact of failure. We know what assets are supporting and the categories of assets are supporting that performance. And so that allows us to have very targeted views of those usage patterns that help us know people are visiting this job task where the critical impact of failure is significant to catastrophic. We know that they are succeeding and being successful. That's an important data point. We know from the moment that we train people when they first start to work in the workflow on that job task where the critical impact of failure is significant to catastrophic. We can do a micro poll to know that they were very successful in that. That is very important performance data that allows us to know and make judgments about what is happening in the workflow. Next question. How does artificial intelligence impact the speed of change? Smart performance support is really important. Mobile technology is enabling us to know who you are, where you are, what you're doing, what is around you, that allows us to become very smart in what we're pushing to you. And then to, based upon what you and others are doing and what you're using and how you're using them, to be able to impact that. Artificial intelligence is an exciting frontier, but it is a frontier. We've, we need to move into this with great speed and intention, but also care to make sure that what we're doing is, is allowing us to learn from the performance of others and adapt and change based upon that learning. So there's much that's happening there. It needs to happen in a way that supports learning and performance at all five moments of need. Very exciting work. Well, those are the questions that were submitted. Hopefully, my answers have been helpful. Thank you for taking time to listen. And thank you, our friends at TTC Innovations, for making this possible. Take care.